Hey, Julie here from Snow Day Productions with a quick word for the grown-ups. We're really excited that support for Akron Adventures comes from Spring Garden Waldorf School. Serving preschool through 8th grade, Spring Garden is committed to educating each child to contribute to the future with clear, creative thinking, compassion, moral strength, and courage. Find out more at www.sgws.org. Snow Day Productions presents Thief in the Night, Episode 3. Do you see them? Reggie asked. Lisa abandoned her paddling responsibilities to look over her shoulder and caught what appeared to be the tail end of a standoff on the small pseudo-beach that marked the entrance to the lake. Two boys in orange life jackets, arms gesturing in an odd mixture of disbelief and accusation, were shouting after Maya, who was dragging Henry by his arm down the sandy beach to a canoe that waited at the waterline. I think she just stole another group's canoe, Lisa said. That sounds like her. They better hurry. I think we have first aid training soon. Lisa returned her attention to paddling. Reggie sat in front of her in their two-person canoe, which Lisa was grateful for. From here, she could easily mirror Reggie's movements and match her pace and rhythm. They were really starting to get the hang of it, she noted with a smile. It was perfectly sunny, and the surface of the lake shimmered with the reflected sunlight. She glanced around at her surroundings, taking in the beauty of Camp Cuyahoga in the daytime. The leaves on the maple, oak, and hickory trees that surrounded the camp were bright and full, all shaped a little differently, and the evergreen trees provided a deep green backdrop for everything that was flowering. Spots of white, blue, and yellow jumped out at her. She started to search the tree line for her crows when... We're here, Maya announced from the canoe that had just bumped theirs. Whoa, careful, said Reggie as Lisa grabbed the side of their canoe, which was rocking alarmingly. Please switch with me, Henry whispered across to Lisa. She's going to kill me. I heard that, Maya called backwards. And I'm excellent at kayaking, she added. We're in canoes, Lisa replied. Hate to break up this fruitful discussion, but we have a ghost hunt to plan and limited free time, Reggie said. After some maneuvering and one near capsizing incident, they settled their canoes the right distance apart far enough to avoid accidental contact, but close enough to share easily in the same discussion. Lisa and Henry held onto opposite ends of the same paddle to maintain the distance, and the two canoes drifted leisurely through the water together. Lisa remembered the crows she'd seen flying together at the soccer match. Totally in sync. So Mr. Todd just told us that somebody lost a cat's eye marble, and Brody's grandpa's silver dollar is missing, Maya confided. Miss Melanie is not happy. That's why we're doing this, Reggie said. Are we really going looking for ghosts? Henry asked. Ghosts aren't real, Reggie replied quickly. But we might find something else. Something that connects to the missing items or eliminates this ridiculous ghost theory. How are we going to manage this with all the activities planned today? Lisa asked. We can't go until dark anyway. Ghosts don't hang around in the daylight making arts and crafts, Maya contributed. I'd like to not become a cautionary camp legend myself, Henry said. Boring, Maya retorted. She's right, 
Reggie said. Tonight, but we'll need supplies. Flashlights for sure, Lisa contributed. I'll get those. There's a whole box of them in the mess in case the power goes off. Maybe a rope, Reggie added, so we can stay linked together. I saw one in the boathouse. I'll grab it later. A camera, Maya nearly shouted. We'll need evidence. You know we're not actually catching a ghost, right? Lisa asked, and Maya scoffed dramatically. So where do we start? Reggie asked. Gwyneth mentioned that creepy, gnarled tree, the signal tree, the one on the other side of camp. It's supposed to be the last place that some of the missing campers were ever seen. I remember it from last year, Lisa said. That's right, Reggie shouted at the same time that Henry muttered, fantastic. We'll start there, Lisa said. Let's hope it's not foggy. Because of ghosts? asked Maya. Because we want to be able to see, said Lisa. Brody, we do not drink the lake water. All four of them laughed as quietly as they could manage. Okay, Henry, we'll meet you in between our cabins. 11 p.m., guys. Please don't bring your parents this time, Maya added, and only Lisa could see him stick his tongue out at her. Well, there's no creepy fog, but this is the tree, Lisa said. She stood facing the signal tree, Reggie, Maya, and Henry just behind her, following the long, tall branches upward with their eyes. Unsurprisingly, it looked even more menacing in the dark than it did in the daylight. The grain and texture of the bark were hidden by the darkness of the night, but the tree's shape and angles were still clear, albeit shadows. The trunk was surprisingly short, about four feet tall, and several thick limbs jutted out from it at sharp angles, reaching upward toward the sky like mangled arms. There were gaps in the tree line to the left and right of it, where two natural paths into the woods had formed, distinguishing the tree even further from the rest. I think it's creepy enough without the fog, Henry said, swallowing loudly. Okay, flashlights on, Reggie said, and they made their way into the woods in a single file, hands gripping tightly at the rope that joined them together. They stuck to the worn walking path as best they could, but it was difficult to see in the dark. What exactly are we looking for? Henry asked, shining his flashlight out at the stretch of woods just to the right of their path. A clue, obviously, Maya replied. Yeah, but a clue to what? Henry clarified. This legend didn't just start for no reason. There has to be a rational explanation. And now, with things really disappearing from the camp, I think there's something or someone out here. I just don't think it's a ghost, Reggie said. The rope that connected them went tight then, preventing them from moving forward. Henry, what are you doing? Lisa asked, turning toward Henry, who had stopped behind her. I'm trying to remember what you're supposed to do if you run into a bear, Henry said. There are no bears in these woods, Lisa said. I looked it up. And there weren't supposed to be dead bodies under the park, but we know how that turned out. Do not say dead bodies right now, Reggie said. Did you hear something? Lisa asked suddenly, stopping and turning her head slightly to listen. I don't think so, Reggie replied. I heard that. Maya, Reggie, and Henry said at the same time, and the four of them snapped their heads to the left in the direction of the noise. They all paused, still as statues, collectively listening. 
but the only noise was the sound of their breathing. Reggie shined her flashlight toward the sound, but they saw nothing. It's fine, Reggie said finally, but she didn't sound convincing. Probably just a raccoon. Hello? Maya asked into the darkness. Shh. The three of them hushed her in unison. It's not going to answer you, Maya, Reggie shout whispered. That was definitely not a raccoon, Henry said. Run! Maya shouted, and the four of them turned quickly and took off running in the direction they'd come, sprinting for the tree line. They emerged from the edge of the forest by the signal tree, all of them breathing heavily, hands on their knees. They stood up and took in the sight of the girls' cabin, fully illuminated from the inside. It was startlingly bright and out of place amid the darkness of the surrounding camp. Everyone's mouth fell open. That's not good, Lisa finally said. I'm just gonna... And Henry began to tiptoe away in the direction of the boys' cabin, which appeared to be as dark and quiet as he had left it. Traitor! Maya hissed after him. The three girls linked arms and made their way to the cabin's doorway, nervous and wary. All the girls were inside, but instead of sleeping soundly in their beds, as they'd been when the three friends had snuck out, everyone stood in small, whispering groups. And all eyes turned to them as they entered the cabin, Lisa nudging Maya in front of her. Where have you been? It was Miss Melanie, and Lisa's stomach plummeted. The three of them took a small step back at the same time, instinctively. Ghost hunting, Maya offered. And Reggie and Lisa looked at her, both dumbfounded by her directness. Ghost hunting? Miss Melanie repeated, equally puzzled. In the middle of the night? No one, no one leaves the cabin after dark. You could have gotten hurt or lost. You could have... Miss Melanie stopped short, and Lisa felt a pang of guilt shoot through her. Miss Melanie looked genuinely exhausted. Cynthia picked up the baton. Well, while you were strolling through the woods, we found Jessica's ring. She looked a touch too satisfied, and Lisa suspected Cynthia was the one who had awoken the cabin after they left. She must have seen us, she thought to herself. Well, that's great, Lisa said. She must be pretty happy. Yeah, lucky we snuck out. Maya added. No, you don't get it, Cynthia interjected. We found it on the windowsill, in our cabin, right next to your bed, Lisa. Lisa felt her palms start to sweat. Reggie and Maya huddled marginally closer to Lisa, as if to block the accusing stares. But Lisa could still hear the muffled whispers behind raised hands and felt her own hands begin to tremble. Yes, thank you for that summary, Cynthia, Miss Melanie interrupted. Girls, we need a moment here of critter honesty and integrity. Perhaps someone was simply admiring it and set it down there and forgot about it? She asked, a hopeful note in her too cheery voice. No idea. I certainly didn't touch it. It wasn't me. The murmured replies came from around the room, and after each denial, the speaker looked at Lisa whose face had gone red with embarrassment. She even felt guilty despite knowing she hadn't done anything wrong. Well, the important thing is that the ring has been found and returned to its owner, Miss Melanie said with finality. 
Small items are easily misplaced, and the problem is compounded when those items are valuable, which is why Camp Cuyahoga discourages bringing such items in the first place. We'll assume no one took it deliberately, and I hope we find Mason's watch soon as well. Everyone is to go to bed immediately. She turned back to face the three girls, still lurking in the doorway. We'll finish this discussion about your midnight trip in the morning. At last, the cabin lights were off, and most of the girls were asleep. Moonlight shone through the window near Lisa's bunk, and the soft light sparkled where it shone on her wet cheeks. She cried softly into her pillow. She didn't want anyone to know. She didn't want any more attention. She wanted to go home. She had never been so miserable. She drew a ragged breath and pulled the corner of her sheet up to wipe her eyes when she felt her mattress dip down with the weight of someone sitting on the edge of her bed. She turned over quickly, her heart beating hard, wondering what new catastrophe or accusation was about to occur. But what she saw was Reggie and Maya leaning over her. Reggie put her hand on Lisa's back, and even though it was dark, Lisa could see her friend's sympathetic face in the moonlight shining through the window and knew that no matter what anyone else thought, Reggie believed her. She smiled a trembling smile of thanks, but shifted her gaze immediately to Maya, who grabbed her arm firmly just above the elbow. Maya leaned in, her face stern, eyes unblinking. Stop crying, she whispered. You should be mad, not sad. Somebody is framing you, and we're going to find out who. Akron Adventures is written and produced by Marlia Weiss, Julie Drew, and Casey Shevlin. Our theme music is written and recorded by Philip Anderson. You can hear more from him at philipandersonmusic.com. Support for Thief in the Night comes from the Akron Children's Museum, Spring Garden Waldorf School, and the University of Akron. Don't forget to subscribe to the Akron Adventures podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Episodes every Thursday. <laughs>